Hi, I'm Monty Church. And today I'd like to invite you to travel this historic trail with me. Here, we'll look into the incredible story of one of the saddest chapters that has ever happened in America. And yet, through this, we will learn a lesson of perseverance and total trust in God. It's about our brothers and sisters of the Cherokee Nation and their journey down the Trail of Tears. This trail in this desolate land you see here is located at the end of the forced march our brothers and sisters took after they were evicted from the Cherokee Nation's beautiful country home. Around that time, the population of the Cherokee Nation was almost 20,000. It was a lovely country located in what we know today as Eastern Kentucky and Tennessee, the Western Carolinas into Northern Georgia and Alabama. It was a land fertile for farming with plenty of fish and game. This had been their land for centuries. It was their land officially recognized and awarded to them by the British and American governments as far back as 1763. This was so well established that even after the American Revolution, when the United States became an independent nation, the government often sent soldiers to drive out land-grabbing settlers, protecting Indian land rights. At that time, many Cherokees were well-educated. They had schools, Christian churches, printing presses, plantations, and well-established businesses. They had their own Supreme Court system with justices and even political representatives in the United States government. Then everything changed. Between 1830 and 1838, just 175 years ago, was a change where our Cherokee ancestors lost everything. Have you ever lost everything? If so, I pray that in today's study you will find strength and hope for the future as you journey down your trail of tears. In 1828, gold was discovered in northern Georgia on Cherokee land. Gold miners once more illegally flooded into Indian country using thieving cutthroat practices to claim Indian land. Former treaties and agreements were disregarded again. In the frustration of it all, whites and Cherokee people alike fought and many were killed. During this time, rights of Native American people testifying in court against a white man were taken away. Then. Surveying of Indian lands began to take place under the pretense of forming governmental counties for the Cherokee people, when in reality they were dividing up Indian land to be given away in lotteries to incoming settlers. Then President Jackson, known as an Indian fighter, began to push legislature hard for the removal of Indians to Oklahoma. Many famous white people 
fought to prevent this travesty. The Cherokee people felt that the only way they could fight back against all this was through legal means. But very quickly they ran out of money to pay their lawyers. But sadly, Congress passed the Indian Removal Act in 1836. Interestingly, the bill passed by a margin of just one vote. So all the land that legally belonged to the Cherokee Nation was taken away by foreigners that had moved into Indian country and voted amongst themselves to keep it. Then, a take-it-or-leave-it type of compensation was given to native landowners, which came out to around $64 a person as traveling expenses to the Oklahoma Territory, a journey they were forced to take. Settlers wanted the beautiful land of the Cherokee so badly that violations of human rights ran rampant. Stories abound of educated Cherokee families coming back to their well-built southern houses to find white people living in their homes. Countless houses and farms owned by Native Americans were looted and burnt to the ground before the unbelieving eyes of the helpless natives. Some even looted graveyards knowing that sometimes Native people buried gold and other treasures with their dead. You know, it's one thing to take away what a man possesses, but quite another thing to destroy his dignity. 2,000 years ago, our Savior Jesus laid down his dignity that you may get yours back. So it doesn't matter what kind of cruelty someone may bring upon you. Jesus is your source of strength hope and dignity. He says, I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. In the autumn of 1838, under the guard of U.S. soldiers, 16,000 Cherokee people, with their few possessions, began their 800-mile journey west, some in wagons and many walking. The weather that day was dark and gloomy, just like the hearts of a Cherokee nation. Later, a U.S. soldier would write, we have seen thousands of soldiers shot to pieces in our past campaigns, but never have we seen anything this cruel happen in any war. The Removal Act also affected four other southern tribes besides the Cherokee. These were the Creeks, the Choctaw, the Chickasaw, and the Seminole. This cruel eviction turned out to be an actual death march. A cold winter set in. Many were barefoot, and most had no coats or blankets. More than one-fourth, around 4,000 Cherokee people died. Most were the elderly and the children. Also, some 3,500 Creek people who started this journey died of hunger and exposure in the bitter cold. But here's where God's love and mercy was revealed. Despite the cruelty of man to man, the Cherokee Nation did survive because of their hope and trust in their Creator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
I know exactly what it means to be treated like a nobody. You see, my ancestors, the Mohican Nation, was transplanted from upper state New York and Massachusetts to Wisconsin. I was raised on the Wisconsin Stockbridge Muncie Reservation, which was not my tribe's original home. My ancestors experienced many horrible things when this took place. For example, many people seeing me to be native often ask, where's your native name? Where did you get the name church? It so happened when my particular family was being registered during the move, the government officials had run out of names. The clerk simply said, let's just give you my name, which turned out to be the name church. You know, to give up our original family name was humiliating. I'm so glad that when we get to heaven, the Creator says, Whereas the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. It's so wonderful to know that our Creator has such deep love and respect for who we are. Even in tragedy, there's hope. Great was the loss of so many of their loved ones on the Trail of Tears. The harsh trip and the lack of food promised caused the hope of any kind of future for the Cherokee people to grow even darker. But through it all, something good began to happen here. In their hopeless journey, there was one bright spot. Native Christian pastors came alongside them working hard to bring hope to them from the Book of Heaven. They taught about God's plan for the future, which was the only thing they could count on. You know, friends, uh, I'm a, of the Western Band Cherokee, and my ancestors, my great-grandfather Gideon Morris, came over uh, be, even before the Trail of Tears came to Oklahoma. But uh, really, in reality, we uh, look at life here on this earth, and we discover that we're all uh, on a trail of tears, you know. We all really need somebody to help us. Uh, we, we're out here lost, wandering around without any reason for life, and we're discouraged by government promises and politicians and all the corruption and all of this kind of thing. But you know, <clears throat> it's wonderful to know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and that he's waiting for all of us. He said, come unto me, all you that labor, and uh, I'll give, give you rest, he said. And so we need to just turn our lives over to Christ and uh, not worry about the trail of tears anymore, worry about being with Jesus. You know, and some people ask you, well, what do you think the government owes you? I think that the government owes me nothing. The only thing that the government owns me is the, the guarantee of my freedom where I can worship the way that, that my heart dictates and that I can live for God for the rest of my life. And I just praise the Lord for that privilege. You know, uh, I lived 34 years in this world without Christ. Tried many things to, uh, to make myself happy. I uh, uh, went into the music business, the entertainment field, and, and worked in that for a number of years. And that is where I was when I found Christ. And I was a drunk, uh, and I was also a liar, and a thief, and a cheat. Uh, 
I was really a, a bad Indian, if you want to just have the truth about the matter. But when I came to Jesus, you know, the wonderful thing is that through faith in Him and His shed blood for my sins, we have the gift of life, forgiveness from God. For, for the, from the Jesus, from the Lord Jesus. And he is able, dear friends, to take care of all our needs. And you know, I don't worry about a thing anymore. I just worry about having my heart in tune with Jesus' life. I have a rather homely illustration that I use to tell our people about baptism and its responsibilities that we have in it. And that is this, that there is a great wall that is between us and, and God, or between us and the kingdom of God. And this wall is so high, you can't get over it. It's so wide, you can't get around it. And it extends down about, oh, three or four inches beneath the surface of the water. On this side is the world that I lived in for 34 years. On the other side is the kingdom of God, where there's life, even eternal life with Jesus. And there's no way to get there except to go down in the water and go beneath the wall and come up on the other side. We leave the world, we come up born again in Jesus, and we have a new life in the kingdom of God with Him. When, when I was young and before I knew Christ, if you talked to me about the land and about the justice of taking the land away from the Indians or establishing them in, in the little uh, grant, land grants that they gave them, you could get a fight out of me. But since I've come to Christ, dear friends, I'm so thankful that uh, that He gives us uh, everything. He gives us freedom in Christ. And He gives us the opportunity to be something if we want to be something. He, he gives us the power and the strength to do good things and, and to become uh, strong in Him and, and to be good leaders and, and good parents and loving husbands and, and wives. And, and we're just so thankful for that. You know, one of the, the things I'm looking forward to is a future with Christ. Uh, and that is because of the things he promised. You know, in the new heaven and the new earth, there's going to be no sorrow. There's going to be no darkness. There's going to be no death, no sickness, no crime, no worry. All things are going to be free in Jesus. And uh, it's going to just be exciting. And so this is the thing that I'm looking forward to. The trail of tears will all be gone. And we'll have a trail of happiness with Jesus forever. Think about in your own life. I know you've had disappointments and you've had trials and you've had deaths in your life and, and maybe crimes against your family or against yourself. And of course, there's all these storms and earthquakes and things to, to bring, make us all unhappy and, and bring such worry to our life. But I just want to ask you something. If you would really like to have peace in your heart, if you'd really like to have the assurance that you had everything, that everything is going to be all right, and that life is going to be good to you, you know, this can only be found in peace with God. And it's only found through Jesus Christ, and that He's given His life for us. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's what God wants to give each one of us. Won't you come and give your heart to Jesus? Through these hard times, the Creator's promises became more and more important to our Cherokee brothers and sisters. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, 
I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Realizing that this was the only hope they could cling to, many accepted Jesus as their Savior and were baptized in the rivers and streams. Let's face it, the fact is we are all going through our own trail of tears of hardship and sorrow. In the beginning, our Creator gave us a perfect world, but the evil one took it all away from us. We all endure the hardships of this life. God never intended this to happen to us. Sin is not fair. In this life, we need to understand that we will not always be treated fairly. It's a struggle for all of us to keep our focus and to be positive about the future on this earth. We often worry that our children have anything to look forward to. War, terrorism, disaster, sicknesses, heartache, and death are always all around us. There is little respect for life and property anymore. Friends, what hope have we? The only hope we have is what the Great Spirit has given us in the Book of Heaven. And that is a heavenly land. A beautiful land that knows no end that will never be taken away from us. A land without any fences. There we shall build homes and not another inhabit them. We shall not plant and another eat. We shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth a troubled future for our children. It's all ours for the asking. It's just a prayer away. There is hope for us all. All we have to do is accept God's gift of eternal life in heaven and the Great Spirit's leading of our lives. The biggest question is, just how do we accept this wonderful plan that the Creator has for each one of us? We have the answer in the Book of Heaven. A man called Nicodemus came to Jesus one night and asked him, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Friends, we've come to know each other quite well through these last campsite meetings together, through this video series of biblical subjects. I've been praying as a result of what you've seen and what we've talked about, that the Lord has touched your heart with peace and happiness. I pray constantly that you have learned many wonderful truths and have experienced victory and freedom from your sins. Friends, after we have learned the things that God would have us to do, there comes a time that we need to express to Him our appreciation and step out and do what He's asked. I hope you will. He created you. He died for you. He loves you. And He has a great plan throughout eternity in that heavenly land just for you. When the Apostle Peter was asked, what should we do to be saved? He said, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins.
Dear friend, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is one thing he is now asking of you. He said, He who confesses me before man, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Friend, Jesus is asking you to be baptized. He wants you to take this opportunity to let the whole world know that you're proud to be his friend and that you are so happy to accept the plan and the promises that he has for you. For this purpose, he's established the ceremony of baptism. It's much like a wedding ceremony where a man and women confess publicly their love for each other. So baptism is a public demonstration of your love for Jesus. You are expressing your commitment to accept the treaty of peace between God and man, signed by the very own blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. It is a beautiful ceremony where we are submerged in the water, symbolizing our death and burial to our old way of life. And it also represents our accepting of God's help towards a new way of life. As we come up out of the baptismal water, the Lord gives us a whole new clean slate. He says, Behold, I'll make all things new for you. Baptism is a ceremony that will wash you clean on the inside. Even Jesus himself was baptized to set an example for us to show us the way. Shouldn't you then do the same? Today is the day to say yes to Jesus. Today can be your native new day. Friends, we've come to the place in our native new day series around my campfires where we need to make the decision on the things that the Lord has taught us from the book of heaven. I invite you to take the step of the ceremony of baptism. If you would like to, contact the person that has helped you to understand your Bible and has maybe brought you this video series. And you know, if you would like, I'd love to have you write me to let me know of your decision. It would be great hearing from you. The Book of Heaven says, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Friend, don't put it off. You may never have another chance to accept Jesus and His plan for your life. Do it now. Jesus is calling. The Great Spirit is waiting. The angels are singing, anticipating your decision. So what is it going to be? Until we meet again, let only the Good Spirit guide you.